Welcome to another episode of Capital Roots, brought to you by Capital Farm Credit, where we bring you the experts in the ag industry. I'm a science at heart, so I love data. I love to track down consistently what's going on, and usually I, I, I try to gauge on the health and well-being of chicken based on water consumption, as well as food consumption. In addition to a few Texas legends along the way, we're your hosts, Joe Patronella and Clint Cryer. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to our roots. Today we have Michael Vu. He's a poultry contractor here in the Brazos Valley out of Robertson County. Michael, thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking chicken today. And before we get started, could you go ahead and give us a little background as to how you got started in the chicken industry? Um, actually, I got started from taking over my uh, my father's and uncle's business. Um, they started as an egg farm, and egg farm. after three or four years, uh, they kind of drawn me into the business. Um, so uh, I figured with an egg farm, I wasn't, I didn't like it too much because there was a lot of personnel employee going around I figure I won't be able to manage it as well so we switch into the boiler business so I got into the business about I would say four years ago Mm -hmm. okay Um, I really didn't like my job in in town because it was stressful it was taken away from my family I didn't get to enjoy my family life a lot so we my wife and I decided to go into farming um, so that we can spend more time with our kids. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, Good reason. Family's kind of the backbone of agriculture. And yes, You went from are. one generation to the next, and I want to get into that in a little bit. But they started as an egg, egg farm yes. and went to broiler. Yes. So, and I know nothing about chickens. Okay, so yes. I'm going to start from ground zero and, and kind okay. of step into the listener's <laughs> shoes here. But... Um, you said it was much more labor intensive and than a broiler operation. Yes. Can you tell me the differences there? Well, with an egg farm, it, it it's required that to get a good production of of hatch hatchery egg, you need to pick the egg on time, transfer it to the cool um, cool room, um, because okay. you don't want to leave the egg out in the chicken house too long, because that can affect the quality of the chick. Whereas for a boiler farm, uh, your main role is to control the health of the chicken. So it's less labor. Uh, You need fewer employees to manage the farm. And you need, um, you don't have to spend eight or 10 hours a day at the farm. So, So it's something that I would say one, two, person can handle a farm easily as opposed to an egg farm where you may need four or five or six uh, working seven days a week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a little like Joe as well. I don't know a whole lot about the chicken industry, but you know, if, if you look at farm size, you know, I'm very, you know, attuned to, to ranching in Texas. And if you look at the average rancher, what, what, how that would be measured, you know, with number of mother cows, let's say, but how do you guys measure the size of a farm in, in the chicken business? We um, measure the size of the farm based on the number of chicken being placed per farm. So on average, um, each, some of the older farm, uh, you, can, um, you can have anywhere from 18 to 26,000 chicken placed per house. Thousand, right? Yes. Okay. So... In each farm, you have some farm range from eight chicken houses. Uh, ours have 10 chicken houses, so we get, on average, 260,000 chicken per placement. Um, and usually, placement, you, we raise the chicken for about 49 days on average, and then after that, we would sell our chicken. Um, and there are some farms that are 12 houses, um, for our um, Brazil division, usually 12 houses or 16 houses is the biggest farm. Um, there are some up in the Waco division that they may have bigger houses. 
So when you say for 49 days, that's from like birth to going off to become. Once they drop the chick. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the chicks that you guys receive on day one, how old are they typically? They probably hatched a day or two before at the hatchery. So usually when they come, we sometimes we still have the eggshell as they drop the chicken huh. into the, the housing. Interesting. Um, that's, so, a, that's a quick turnaround, though. Yes, very quick turnaround. Um, <laughs> so um, sometime, depending on the amount of chicken hatch, uh, we have usually a tentative date of placement, but sometimes that may change where they, and they calculate. And Sanders, Wayne Sanderson does a very good job of, of this process where they know exactly how many eggs are hatched at a particular date, so they give us a very good date. But every once in a while, you may have some um, error where the chicken doesn't hatch enough or the chicken hatch too much or whatnot, and usually our uh, placement date will move up and down. But there's fluctuation built in there yeah, in case that happens. Yeah, there's tiny fluctuations. So it's, it's, not, it's not a major issue, but usually as soon as the eggs, chicks hatch from the egg, send them right to the farm. And you say Wayne, is that Sanderson Farms? Yes. Is that who y'all primarily deal with? Yes. Sanderson, I think uh, Wayne Sanderson is a new company name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wonderful. So I just, my family raises cattle, and so 49 days, that's just wild to think when our, you know, we're a cow-calf operation, so, you know, we have a calf born in November, Mm -hmm. and we are leaving on the cow till July. So if not August, depending wow. on weaning date. So a little bit of a competitive advantage there y'all got, but that's, that's just the way it is. So um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, I, this is so much to take in because it's so different than anything that I've ever thought about. Um, so you get seven turns a year through your houses? On average, five to six. Five to six. Five to six. Yes, okay. five to six. Uh, usually we have a... Uh, off period of about anywhere from two weeks, uh, two weeks to 18 days, 14 to 18 days just to um, clean the house and prepping the litter, uh, making some minor repair needed uh, in preparation for the next block. So during that time, it's usually it's our busiest time because we have to clean the, prep the litter, clean the house, everything like that repair any item that needs to be repaired before we before we get the new flock oh see i was thinking that'd be a downtime but no you're yeah no that okay. that's usually the the, the busiest time yeah. where we have to uh coordinate people coming in to do the litter process uh, and we have to coordinate people coming in to spray the the bugs and whatnot so usually that's um uh, and as for me, usually that's when I coordinate people come in to get stuff repaired, get stuff changed. Because you can imagine that would be the easiest time to, to go into the chicken house with the tractor or the truck to, to do any, make any changes or, yep. or updates and whatnot. So, yeah. so logistics-wise, what's it like? receiving these birds getting them shipped out i mean is there a lot of coordination and and how does that all work sanderson does most of the work for pretty much all the work for us um they will um they will let us know when the placement date comes in uh their personnel will place the chicken for us and um, our job is to get the houses ready and to get the temperature of the houses ready for chicken um, get the feed, get the water line ready for the chicken to come. And once the chicken comes in, uh, placed in, and Sanderson's finished, that basically they hand over that responsibility to, to us. And we will manage the, to raise the chicken. Uh, similarly, during the catch period or when we sell the chicken, uh, Sanderson will give us all the logistic in terms of what time they're catching each houses, uh, what time we should um, turn off the feed, raise the feed line, um, uh, give the chicken um, 
what they said is an activator liquid, so help to cleanse the chicken's uh, digestive system. And basically, they will give us on the tee at a specific hour what, when they're gonna catch what chick, what houses or not. So, um, so they're very they're they're very good at organizing that that process. So we just pretty much have to follow their schedule, uh, and we'll and everything will go smoothly. Okay. So if you consider those birds too. Uh, from my understanding, the chicken industry is a little bit different from the rest of the protein <coughs> industry in that those chickens aren't necessarily owned by you, the farmer. Correct? No, they're not. Yes. Right. Yes. So they're owned by Sanderson Farms. Correct? Yes, they're they're owned by Sanderson. So it's almost like a contract growing operation. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, our uh, our responsibility is just to take care, maintain the health of the chicken, uh, follow any um, animal welfare safety, fire safety. Uh, that is that we're abide to. Um, they provide the food, uh, the feed. Um, our job is to mainly to report to them, take care of the chicken. Um, if we notice any change in the health of the chicken or whatnot, uh, our job is to report to them. And usually, Sanders and uh, will have their service technician to come out to assess the situation. Um, every once in a while, they may have their own veterinarian <coughs> to come out to make sure that the chicken's health is okay. Um, if there's any medication needed, um, then Sanderson will provide us that also. Speaking of health, there's you know been a lot of news about aviary flu and whatnot. Yes. Has that affected y'all at all, or are there for protocols y'all follow, I'm sure? Um, for our, our farm, we have not had any problem with, with that particular uh, uh, disease in our farm. Uh, I think maybe last winter or the winter before is usually it was hardest hit down in the south. Um, but un unfortunately, most of the farm, we mainly have to follow a very strict biosecurity safety measure mm -hmm. where um, we're not allowed to have guests in and outside the farm. Right. Uh, everyone who needs to go into the farm is, um, um, has to be uh, <coughs> leached down and everything like that. So we were very fortunate that we didn't have any um, problem with that at our farm. That's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. So from a standpoint of health, is it normal? You, you mentioned Sanderson has a service tech that would come out, but is the, is the health their responsibility or would that be yours as a farmer? I think that we both um, uh, are somewhat responsible farm. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, of <coughs> course, they're more experienced than me, so when they come out, they, may, they, they probably do a better as assessment of, of how the chicken is progressing. But on our end, they will try to educate us on, on what we should look for. Um, uh, Sometimes they may come out and they may say that, oh, we heard that there's something going on with the chicken or whatnot, and, and they would ask us to keep an eye on those chicken on daily basis where if that problem, call them immediately. Uh, so both of us kind of play a role on, on what's not. And I think Sanders, Wayne Sanderson plays a very, very good role in, in, in And uh, giving that information out to the contractor uh, so that they know exactly what to expect, what to look for, if there is something going on. Um, of course, sometimes, depending on the, the batch of hatchery chick, sometimes they're perfectly healthy and you don't have any problem, but other times you may have a batch that may or could be weak. So sometimes Sanderson will let us know <coughs> pay particular attention on this in terms of like feed consumption, water consumption, because someday you may have um, chicken that all of a sudden their water consumption decreased by 10, 20% compared to, to, to other day or the flock of the same age. And usually that's an indication that something's going on. Yep. You know? Start the de dehydration process. Yes. So, so usually, if we can address that immediately, 
um, it wouldn't be a it, it wouldn't be a problem. Most summer it would be a problem. But if we just extend that for several days, then we can begin to see the chicken dying and stuff like that. So. <coughs> Excuse me. So when we first started talking, you mentioned that I think your father and your uncle maybe? Yes. Okay. So how did they get involved? I'm really interested in that. They got involved through, we had some friends. Um, my family, actually, I'm, I'm the only one that's not really in the business when I was growing up. Okay. Uh, when I was growing up, I was born to academia. I was a tra trained by a chemist. Really? Uh, yes. And, um, and I didn't like business at all. But my, my father and my, um, my uncle and pretty much everyone else in my, my, my family, they're, they're into business. Uh, so they start looking around. They got introduced by friends from church about the chicken business, and then they went out and visit and look around. and And they initially made the made the, the leap into the chicken business uh, uh, at first. And they were already here in Texas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so after after several years, um, they began to get me drawn into it. Uh, at that time, I wasn't. Um, I didn't play a major role in managing their farm, but I do come out every once in a while or to help out and whatnot. And that's that's how I got into the understanding, um, um, learning what to look for when raising chicken. You know, how does the healthy chicken behave versus and the chickens getting sick and whatnot. And it was a very appealing job. Uh, my job was very stressful. Uh, my wife and I, we really, we enjoyed the work, but we, we thought it was too much uh, stress in our life. Um, and we wanted to have a bigger family. So we made a decision to go into the chicken business because um, seeing how my parents did it and they were able to um, have a good uh, life with it and they they had some extra time to spend with us and whatnot so we figure that's a life we probably want to do definitely and both of y'all are involved in the operation my no just my me okay yeah my wife she is um she's she's um she returned back to the biotech okay. industry uh, as a science writer. Mm -hmm. I see. Mm -hmm. So you grew up in the Houston area? Yes. I, uh, I grew up, actually, I grew up in Brenham. On oh, Brenham? Yes. Washington County. Okay. I grew, I grew up in Brenham. I, I did my um, elementary year there. And then after that, in junior high, we moved to Houston. And I stayed there ever since. Our family stayed there. I see. Mm. Joe, you know what's in Brenham? Bluebell. Love that ice cream. <laughs> Dang right. Yeah. Dang right. That's what I think of when I think of Brenham. I remember when I was in grade school, we would have field trip there every year. Yeah. Yeah. We used to take them here, too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got to ask you. Yes. Raised chickens. What's your favorite chicken dish to eat? Teriyaki. Chicken teriyaki. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chicken teriyaki, and, and sometimes I enjoy eating just good old boil. I just boil the chicken up. Um, I have some of the uh, lemongrass, spice it on top, uh, and just having it with salt and pepper. Okay. With nothing added to it. Okay. Uh, so you could really taste the, the, the flavor of the meat itself with no additive or sure. uh, uh, marinade or something like that. Clint? That's a good one. I like to eat, and I like to eat chicken, so there's a lot of dishes there. Uh, you know, my wife, it's, not a, it's probably not anything that any, any of you have had, you guys have had, but she somehow crusts chicken with Cheez-It crackers, crust up. Oh. So wow. we call it Cheez-It chicken. So it's almost like it's baked. What's well, alliterative it's like, is what it is. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. You explain that, what that word means, by the way. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so it's cheesy chicken, and it's kind of like it has a taste like fried chicken, so it's crispy on the outside, but it's baked, so it's a little mm. healthier. But it's like it's got awesome flavor. 
And it, and it, it may not be fried, but it's got a lot of butter in it, I'm sure. Well, it's got that cheese that taste to it, so. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. How about you, Joe? Thought you'd never ask. Um, <clears throat> I have kind of a juvenile taste bud, and so anything that's fried and has wings taste to it, uh, the buffalo chicken sandwich at Wings and More. Have you been to Wings and More? Probably as a Lubbockite, guy, Lubbockian. How do you say what? What are Lubbock and Lubbockites? Lubbockites. Okay. Lubbock, not a Lubbockian. I don't really know what you call a college station, and then Aggies. There, yeah, there you go. We'll go with that. Um, have you been to Wings? It's been a while. Long Honestly, it's been it's, probably since I was in college. Since I was, I okay. was there. Best Wings in the world. Yeah. Where is this? Wings and more Wings on Univert. Oh, okay. Well, there's there's multiple yeah, locations. There's, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it's funny. You make me think. I've uh, got a six year old nephew, and so we're always hanging out with the nephews, and uh, like to take them to eat wherever they want to. You know, so he's he's names off his five favorite restaurants here a couple months ago, and they're all different kinds of restaurants. One's a Mexican food restaurant. One's an American food. One's you know all different types. So then we're like, okay, so what do you like to eat there? You know, we started with number one chicken. Chicken yeah. strips. What are you eating? The second one. Chicken. <laughs> all the way to number five. <clears throat> it's all chicken. All chicken. Well, my, my kids, they love chicken nuggets. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially um, when my wife is at home, we w- she would usually make homemade chicken nuggets in the air fryer, and my kids love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a product of your environment, too, because, I mean, y'all raise chickens, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, growing up, I was in a beef family, and so... My dad would literally tell me that chicken is not going to pay for your college if we ever wanted to eat chicken, and so we ate beef. I mean, I had a beef that's what's for dinner <laughs> sticker on my truck, so I think it's partially a product of your environment, but I eat my fair share of chicken now, too. So, so I'm curious, the chicken that your family eats, is it chicken that you guys raise? No. It's no, not? No. Okay. No, uh, usually we would just, we purchase the chicken um, um, as part of the the. As part of uh, Sanderson's safety, health safety issue, we're not allowed to raise any chicken on our own. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, they're afraid of there may be some contamination sure. and whatnot. So we could raise any other stuff. We could raise other animals like uh, goats and whatnot. But birds, is, we're, we're not allowed to raise any type of birds uh, due to possible contamination and whatnot. It makes sense. It makes sense. So I've got further questions there. One of the things that we talk about a lot on this podcast is where our food comes from. I think that's something that's incumbent upon us all that have a passion for agriculture. But, you know, in your experience in the chicken industry, obviously, talk a little bit about the safety of chicken and the, the sustainability of chicken production. You know, to the uninformed non-agriculturists that might be listening, let's say, somebody that lives, say, in inner city Houston or Lubbock, for that matter, we don't have chicken houses in Lubbock. Uh, but just the safety and the sustainability aspect of of American chicken. I think um, the chicken industry will continue on for quite some time. It'll be a robust business in um, in the American, especially in the the, the meat poultry meat product, uh, because you can see that chicken meat you use for a variety of stuff. Animal feed. Um, you could um, you could use the meat. You could use the bone to to get chicken broth um, and whatnot. Um, in terms of safety issue, I think that um, the chicken is probably the I would say one of the safer meat to eat uh, because of how quickly it grows. I don't think there's any. Um, possibility that there there may be any contamination and whatnot um i don't know about other um chicken grower but i know that wayne sanderson there they take pride in their organic chicken um the way we raise the chicken um we try to minimize giving the chicken any type of medication as much as possible i think on the we try not to give any type of antibiotic to the chickens or any medication unless we really need to have to. Have to. Uh, most of the time, Sanderson, Sanderson Way would ask us to try to eliminate those um, um, 
infected chicken <coughs> before it starts spreading the house and usually that's that's one of the primary way we can minimize infective chicken without having to use any medication any antibiotics and whatnot um, and um, and usually within a week or two before we sell the chicken usually that's when we stop gi giving if the chicken gets sick or whatnot uh, usually we're not allowed to give them any medication or something like that from what i understand yep. uh, so, so speaking well, of medication i think about you know health and medication they're not like cattle you can't just run a chicken in a chute and give him a shot no no how do you medicate chicken um i think it's in the food it's and the, the and the and 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 the and the water sometimes we give medication through the water uh, and through their, their water systems. Sometimes I wish it was that easy with cows. That'd be a lot, <laughs> <laughs> be a lot easier. <clears throat> I want to go back to your answer to Clint's question. A, a key phrase you used there was, I don't know about other growers, but I know about Wayne Sanderson and by proxy of that, your operation. And I really liked that because that was a pretty big question, a, a good question, but a big question. Um, and I think one that we often ask on this podcast and that's often asked in agriculture about food safety and sustainability. And I really just like the way you answered that for what it's worth about, well, this is my operation and this is what I do and this is what I know. And it can vary operation to operation, but I think it's just really imperative and helpful that, you know, the more we all share about our operations and talk about what we do, the more informative and transparent that is yes. because mm -hmm. I know my operation. That's it. Mm -hmm. And earlier, you know, I was talking about the difference and how I, sh I was literally shocked and kind of had to trail off into a different segment by how quickly those chickens grow because I was just doing the mental math, which is scary for an attorney, on when my calves are born and when we wean them. And, you know, I said November to July or August. Well, that might be different for somebody else, but that's my operation. That's mm -hmm. what I know. And so I just really like the way you answered that. Oh, that's thank all. you. What's interesting, too, is if, if you take that further, you, you take a calf, you know, calf to weaning is usually, what, 10 months? Nine, 10, yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, nine, 10 months, and then they go off for further growing and fattening. So if you look at the turn time, I was, I was thinking about 49 days. So if you think about 49 days, I'm not too sure that there's a, a lot of garden-type, vegetable-type crops that would have a turn time no. of 49 days. I it's mean, that's wild. just over a month and a half. I, I, I couldn't comprehend that earlier. <laughs> I mean, at first, um, when I just started the chicken, I thought it was shocking, too, that you can raise a chicken that fast. But I guess given the correct environment inside a house, oh, that's ideal for the chickens to grow. I'm certain it's um, safe and perfect and all yeah. that. But, I mean, I'm going to go home and look at rabbits, goats, like everything smaller than a, a cow now and just see, like, how fast everything's growing. Yeah. It's wild to me. Mm -hmm. Learning yeah. so much. So, so I'm curious about the hatcheries, too. If you, talk, if you think about the part of probably what adds or, or allows a chicken to be turned in 49 days I would expect would be the genetics behind them and probably would also address some of the, the disease um, resistance yeah possibly some of the things that I mean I'm sure it's that's possible been bred into mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's possible I'm not sure how how that works since mm -hmm. um, I'm not familiar with that that part of of, of the, the chicken business, but I think it's one factor that may. Well, I have a, qu here's a question. Uh, like growing up, my cousins had like yard chickens yes. and they were like those crazy black and white ones, mm -hmm. really pretty, but I don't think they did anything. What, uh, yours are just, I'm sure the, the white chickens. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. What, br is that a breed of chicken? Like, I don't even know how to ask that question. I, I guess I just asked that question. They, they're probably like foghorn leg <laughs> right that's what i'm thinking like i i know that or is that in, just the default my, that's chicken you know i i know that in my study i know there's different species of chickens and okay. i don't know if some species tend to grow faster versus other huh. species or whatnot so um a lot to read up on all, a chicken i have or it's all chicken or where if you just feed them uh -huh. and give them drink and give them water, they'll, they'll continue to grow. 
So I'm gonna go with it's foghorn leghorn chicken that you're raising there. <laughs> Thanks, Clint. <laughs> You know, I really thought a naggy would know all the breeds of chickens. I wasn't a poultry science major. We have that, though. One of the few universities that does. Were you a beef science mm -hmm. major? I was ag business. Ag business. But you know the breed of cattle. Mm -hmm. you know, I bet you know the breeds of pigs. I know s some of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The ones I showed. but Not, not trying to make a point. Just talking. That's all. Just keep talking. Okay. I should ask my wife about this. Because <laughs> I think she went to Purdue and she, oh. uh, she was in the... I think she was in poetry science. Really? Oh, uh, neat. Yeah. yeah. So I know, I know I've got some buddies that they show chickens, I believe at Houston, but all of the chickens, everybody, you know, and the, the rest of the show animal business, you go and find your favorite animal, basically yeah. feed it for the year, and then you take it to the show. The chicken business is a little bit different, chicken show business. Uh, all the chickens actually come from Texas A&M, I believe. Mm. I think that's right. I know I it's from some come out of the same flock. Yeah, and it's a very short turntable as well. Like it's a mm -hmm. like a I think a three month project, and if that, yeah, it's interesting to think about. It's this. It like, may be a forty nine day project. Now that yeah. <laughs> looking at my note right here, is this like a livestock uh, competition where you yes, raise sir. chicken yes. and you? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like a mm -hmm. man. I'm, I'm they, just they, could, it's just they do three. Yep, that's what I thought. I th I'm sure I'm going to broadcast that. a lot yep. of my ignorance. Uh huh. Sure. Everyone's thinking here. these guys know nothing about chicken showing, <laughs> but I think that's what it was back in my day. You know. Mm -hmm. So. Oh wow. Yep. Mm -hmm. I've uh, I've never known that there was a chicken show. I I mean I went to um, to Rodi and I I hear about uh, cattle, you know, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So I know the not chicken the Houston. Chicken show is the big one, I believe. Of course, Houston Livestock Show is yeah. the big one for basically anything. But I remember as a kid looking at the chickens that they had over there. Didn't have any exposure to it because there's no chickens in West Texas that I'm aware of. But those chickens that they have at the Houston Livestock Show, they look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. They're big chickens. It just looked, yeah. you know, muscles just sticking out everywhere. It looked like they've been on creatine and protein powder. <laughs> <laughs> those chickens lift weights, okay. That's right. That's right. But I know for 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 the chicken farm that I grow, it it's time it it they 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 can go really fast within a very short period of time. Um, uh, usually, the first thirty five days, you may not see much of a difference in the 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 the, the weight and the size that they grow, but. Um, but usually the last 14 days or so, you can, you can see a huge change in the size of the chicken. Oh, kind of, maybe yeah. like late bloomers. Like you, yeah, you can okay. actually see like day by day that it, it, there's a big difference that you can tell. Hmm. Well, every day, if you consider a one day in the life cycle or the growth cycle, let's call it, of a chicken, it's 149th, where they're one day in the growth cycle of a calf is like, <coughs> one seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more that happens. And you just gotta flex some math over there. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make the attorney shake his head every now and then. <laughs> um Where do you see the chicken business headed in the next ten years? Anything changing? I think it's grown. Um I've um I know that um there are new um, automatic system that that are are being developed that will help uh, uh, manage the chicken house much better. Um, our chicken house is considered um, older, uh, where up north, up in Tyler and whatnot. Um, I I I recall that they they're building these new chicken houses that are, are much better and can equip to raise more chicken per house compared to the one we, we have here. I see. Mm -hmm. So are the feed systems pretty similar? Or I, I would assume maybe, that you, does your feed system know how much it drops or feeds those chickens every time? Or you, do you feed manually? Um, no, um, no, we have an automated system that, that runs the feed into the house. Um, we can we can have a good guesstimation of how much feed they they eat per day just based on 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 uh, 
on that. But I would say um, I'm pretty sure there's other device in the market that can help manage this more precisely. Uh, but for us, we just kind of look at the feed bin and uh, and um, gauge the, the the feed bin to see how many how much feed is. I see. Produced. You're just gauging the the bin. Yeah, the bin. That, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, so usually based on the bin, we can estimate. You know, <coughs> at this particular uh, age of the chicken, they should be eating how many how much feed per day, and we can see whether either one they're not eating enough or they're eating too much if they're not eating enough it's uh, it's a matter of um, water consumption it could be low water consumption that that prevents the chicken from eating um, it could be a matter of our light lighting system that is not working properly uh, some of the light bulbs could come out could fall out that we don't know about um, we inspect the all of that system two or three times a day but you never know overnight sometime mm -hmm. um, this some there's some every once in a while uh, the lighting system may shut off mm -hmm. um, either there may be a storm that causes uh, um, a tiny outage uh, um, for a few seconds where when when it pops back on, sometimes the lighting doesn't come on like it should, and usually uh, we could see that based on the water consumption, uh, because uh, for the chicken when the lights are off, it's bedtime for them. Same. So, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so usually we could monitor, <laughs> we monitor <laughs> water consumption so that we know exactly, uh, like um, after raising. The chicken for about two years now. I'm beginning to, I, I'm a science at heart, so I love data. I love to track right. down right. C consistently what's going on. So, uh, after so many years um, flock, I begin to notice that you know, depending on the age of the chicken, how much should be drinking per house. Mm -hmm. And usually, I, I I try to gauge on the health and well-being of chicken based on water consumption um, as well as food yeah. consumption. Okay, I want to go back first a second. You mentioned like an insane thousand number of chickens that go through your operation every year. They go into these houses. Yes. Okay, the houses. That's like a substantial investment and operation in and of itself i mean like that's what they're going into can you talk about what these houses are like and and, and what talk about the houses tell me more they're, about the houses. they're just like uh huge barn houses that are 500 feet wide uh not wide but in length um and they they have all the ventilation system the fan systems in the house all of them is come um is uh it's, it's automated, uh, so it will monitor temperatures, uh, water consumption, feed consumption, and if there anything go wrong, the system will alert. But, the, mm -hmm. but they're built pretty specially for this purpose, though. I yes. Mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're built very, very specifically uh, for the purpose of raising the chicken. They have insulation. Uh, some of the some of the older houses they have curtains on on as the sidewall. Mm -hmm. But most of the newer houses now, they have solid wall where um, they're insulated with <coughs> spray foam. So th the, the temperature inside the chicken house are very well regulated. Uh, wintertime, summertime, and whatnot, right? Mm -hmm. Wintertime, we will probably be using a lot of heat, propane heat and whatnot. But during summertime, we have um, a, a water system to help cool the house down do you find that your birds grow better in hotter or colder weather they do grow a little bit better in cooler weather okay um, like usually the springtime and the fall time is usually i noticed that the chicken are not as stressed uh, summertime despite most of the 
all of the ventilation that that we do sometimes it gets a little bit warm and the chicken gets a little bit stressed but not too much I get stressed not the not too. to the point where 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 it's um it's not eating what not what not but but we can see that the chicken or a little bit on the hot side yeah yep mm-hmm. which is similar to a lot of livestock really yeah weight management's tougher in the heat you don't want summer calves yeah. i mean yeah it's very in the winter time i mean in the winter time it's much better uh because um we use a lot of propane during the winter time to help um to help uh, warm up the chicken especially during the 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 um the young um chicks that just comes in uh but usually once the chicken or at 35 40 days the chicken itself generate enough heat to pretty much cool the whole house so so depending on the age of the chicken, um, the ideal temperature uh, is controlled. It's, it's all automated, so it will it will readjust the temperature as the chicken goes. Um, and we don't have any control over that process. Uh, Wayne Sanderson and the service tech they will determine you know what type of ventilation system we should follow depending on the of season depending on the, the weather and whatnot mm-hmm. so what advice would you have for kind of a younger producer or younger farmer or agrarian that wanted to get into the poultry industry i say just um i would um i would go look at a chicken farm um and it doesn't require a lot of um a lot it does require a lot of hard work <laughs> mm-hmm. to to get into the business, but it's it's not something that it's beyond. Um, it's out of reach. Um, a lot of the chicken business is an more of like a hands-on training process, where you just have to go in there, do the work. Um, there isn't a manual or instruction of what to do and what not to do because each even now when I have, I'm relatively new in the business with two years of experience, two or three years of experience. Even now I notice that each flock varies on how I manage the chickens. So there's some flock, uh, it's easier, some, some flock re- require more difficulty. So it's a matter of just going there <laughs> and doing it. Um, yeah, so what I heard there is takes a lot of hard work, and there may not be shortcuts. Yeah, there is no shortcut. I think that um, um, a lot of time when, when you go into a new business, uh, everyone hoping that there's a, there's a manual or whatnot that, that you can start off with. But usually in the chicken business, especially, you know, in the cattle business too, right? There's no one rule to follow. Right. Right. Yep. You just have to go. You just have to learn with it and be able to identify certain things. Um, and as you get more experience, you you identify uh, identify the problem sooner. Then it it's uh, it's an easy fix versus uh, versus when the the problem get a little bit too much and too much handle it, then it's it's more difficult to to make the correction and whatnot. Yeah. So on the same line of Joe's question there about a new new producer trying to get started or, or considering it, you know, what do you see as your biggest challenges? Mm. I think my biggest challenge would be to identif- to be able to learn to to see the the to identify the health how healthy a chicken is, you know. Um to um the i think that's the only part that are very challenging is to be able to uh assess the health of the chicken uh all the other part it's hard work like there's a fan motor or argon motor that burns out i mean it's just hard labor going up there changing the motor or or mm-hmm. changing the auger but i think the hardest i think that one of the challenge 
interesting part that I wish I've known when I first enjoyed the business is to be able to look at a chicken and say, is that a healthy chicken or is is that chicken showing me some sign that it's it's stressed out about, you know, uh, or not. And so most of your learning on that, that subject, has it come from firsthand experience or are there any resources out there where other people could learn that same thing, you know, whether it be through extension or otherwise? I think there are some, um, there are some, um, there are some, there's a, a lot of poultry science that can give you an idea of what a healthy animal looks like in terms of <coughs> their, the way they move, the way they, you know, uh, the clarity of their eyes and whatnot, and that does help a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think the main thing is being able to compare your flock from flock to flock because it's hard to say because depending on the region, the area, the quality of your water well, mm-hmm. that can also influence how, how your chicken grows and whatnot, right? Um, there are your water well maybe has a higher or lower pH uh, that can also affect how your chicken grow and and uh, in terms of feed consumption and whatnot. So, so do you treat your water um, outside of medication? I guess is what my question. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't. Um, I think that um, it depends on the quality, wa- wa- quality, but based on um, Sanderson. Wayne will come out and inspect that, and depending on your well quality, they they will require you to do treatment as necessary. Uh, either something as simple as a a, a filtration system, or um, or whatnot, or changing the the acidity <coughs> and alkaline of water. Right, right, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But most of those are, Sanderson does a very good job, Wayne Sanderson does a very good job of helping the contractor, identifying those problems, and suggesting ways to correct that to improve the quality of the flock. Um, Like you say before, um, most of these initial investment in the flock is mainly through Sanderson Wayne, right? Right. They're the one that, (coughs) um, they're the one that's placing the chicken, uh, they're the one that provide the feed and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. so, uh, so they try to do their best to make sure that that we have all the necessary ma- material. Um, our farm is up to date in terms of ventilation, um, water, uh, um, water quality, and whatnot to ensure that the chicken grows healthy, and it's. Um, and it's up to date. Yep. Everything. Right. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So usually our chicken, uh, for a 49-day chicken, you're looking at um, they have to be a certain weight. You know, I would say around six, seven pounds. And, um, and Sanderson Way helps us to try to... Uh, make any adjustment necessary on that. Um, um, they, they, they actually have their technician is very experienced with, it. so they would come out on a weekly basis to to assess the chickens and and would let us know what we should do, what we should not do. You know, if we're doing something right, if we're not doing something right, or whatnot, they'll let us know. To make those corrections, yep. So, mm-hmm. in terms of going into the chicken business, um, it's very helpful uh, with someone that doesn't know a lot. If you have the ambition and the hard work, San- Wayne Sanderson will will help you succeed in the business. Uh, they're not gonna just drop the chicken and then let you. Uh, learn for yourself. They'll they'll actually come by um, to help us understand. I remember the first year that I was in the chicken business, 
um, my first service tech, she would come pretty much twice a week because she knows that I'm a new grower and she just wanted to make sure that um, that I know what to do, what to look for, um, and whatnot. Uh, but as you become more experienced and that and as they feel that that you you're you're on top of your game then mm, they tend to uh, allow you to 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 raise the chicken uh, and they they won't interfere as much but of course right. they they continue to check and monitor the chicken's health and well-being throughout the the this seven weeks throughout the forty-nine days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they help you out a, a lot. They help. They help you out a lot. I think if um, <coughs> they could come every other day, sometime I call them in the weekend if there's something goes wrong, um, and they'll be able to help me on fine. Sometimes if I have I have trouble with feed the system or not. They can help you out a lot. Um, the idea is just 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 to let them know uh, ahead of time. Like yep. the thing that the thing both me as a grower because I won't get a good paycheck if my my birds are sick or my bird is not meet the the weight. And they I, I'm pretty sure they don't want to get like a low quality flock too. So. If help you're, each other. It's yeah. So so if you're on top of everything and if you can help them to 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 survey the 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 chicken and to identify the problem then let them know immediately and of course they will do their best to help correct that with your with your help too so that both sides can benefit from from that flock. Yep. Yep. Well, Michael, we really appreciate you being here today. It's been something that's been very informative to me, and I think I speak for, for Joe. Learned a lot. Also, <coughs> Thank we pre- you. appreciate the relationship that we, the Capital Farm Credit has mm-hmm. with you, and we're always here to help, as well as anybody that might be interested you know, in the, the poultry business. But uh, thank you for being here, and look forward to our next visit. Okay, thank you. Thanks I, so much. I really had a good time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Hopefully, ne- the next time I come, I'll have more experience to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) We look forward to hearing it. Okay. Thank you for joining us today on Capital Roots. Texas agriculture is the foundation of our story and what makes us family. Capital Farm Credit is a proud member of the farm credit system. We finance farmers, ranchers, agricultural producers, and rural landowners, and we're here to make your vision a reality. We've been serving rural Texas for more than a century. Whether it be traditional, innovative, or lifestyle, we'll help you cultivate new ground. We're all in this together. Because together, we're better.